Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. This is Table Talk. How are y'all doing? I'm doing good, man. It's good, good to be here. Good, good. Uh, Joel, would you pour me a cup of coffee? Let's do it. It's a it's it's Sunday morning. We have to have our coffee, right? We we gotta. Oh yeah. wow. Mm, what what brew is this, Joel? This is some uh, Ethiopian blend Ethiopian. here. Ethiopian. Kelly, would you like to? I will light the yeah, candle I'm since nervous. you're getting a cup of coffee. Look at this. Oh snaps. Oh look at this. This is like a Thanksgiving feast, people. Welcome to our table. We're glad you're here. Well, as we, and Joel, don't forget, we do have pumpkin pie. There we go. There we go. This is not props, people. Actual (laughs) coffee and pumpkin pie in the room. You're going all in on this. And and Ready Whip. I'm going all in on this pumpkin pie. That's all I know. Well, uh, we're excited to have you guys here this morning. How's life? How are things going? Are y'all ready for fall? I'm ready. I love this weather. I love it. It's I love awesome. it. Flannel, sweatshirt, bring it on. Flannel all day. That's that's the vibe right here. Uh, well, as we get started with part one of Table Talk, let's have some fun before we jump into the actual conversation and the message today. Have y'all ever been lost? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, you have. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, Joel... You're a little older than us. You grew up in a time when there was no such thing as GPS. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> the summer after I graduated high school, me and some friends took a road trip to Washington, D.C. We had a great trip in D.C. And uh, we were getting ready to head back because we wanted to make sure that we were uh, we were at our last youth camp ever. We were graduates. We were looking forward to it. And we didn't want to miss that. So we hit the road early in the morning and like, we're 15 minutes out of the city and everybody else in the car is asleep. It's just me. I'm driving. Mm. Again, no GPS on my phone. I got like a printed out map. I got like this. At- map quest. The yes. old school map quest. Yeah, this atlas Does that's like remember spread this in this room? No? You're lying. <laughs> Adult leaders, yes. The old yep. school map uh-huh. quest. Yep. I believe our parents got lost so many times. Actual like, Just watch. Just read. Just read in the yeah. back seat playing my little PlayStation 1. Anyways. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going down. I think it was like I-70, and I was supposed to take a left, and I took a right. And it's like two hours in the wrong direction oh, before man. I start seeing signs for like Cleveland, Ohio. We're supposed to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. And um, so anyways, I, I pulled over. Stopped at a gas station, asked the person there behind the counter, where in the world am I? And they're like, yeah, you're, you're in Cleveland. And I'm like, okay, I need to get here. What, what do I need to do? Uh, everybody else is still asleep in the car. We get back in the car, get on the road, keep going. They never knew what was going never on. Knew never knew. Do they're they just, know today? I, I finally told them, okay. yeah. <laughs> Years later, I, I let them in on it, but... Man, yeah. they're like, why did it take so long to get where we're going, Joel? <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's my story. <laughs> that's nice. Kelly, have you ever been lost? I absolutely have, and this story actually involves you. So okay. for those that don't know, Brian yes. is my brother, okay? Didn't um, know that. <laughs> and uh, we had been invited to go to Colorado with some of our family for mm. like one, uh, it was like right before Christmas, Christmas vacation. Um, and so I think I was maybe maybe like 14, 15, so you would have been like 10. Nine or 10, yeah. Yeah, so. If you didn't know that, I'm younger yes, I am than older. Kelly by five years. <laughs> so don't think I'm older. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, so we, this is the first time we'd ever flown by ourselves. Yes. Okay, so I'm, you know, in charge. I'm the adult in this situation. And so we fly to Colorado a 14-year-old adult. Yes, a 14-year-old <laughs> adult. And we fly there, everything is fine, and then we get to Colorado, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, 
completely lost in this airport we've never been in. We start walking around. And I think I probably started crying because I was so like stressed out because <laughs> I have my little brother <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't know where our family is I don't know where we're supposed to go so we ended up talking to some like flight attendant and did, she helped. Did us. we have cell phones then? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so yeah, either. No. I yeah. Yeah, I know it's a different time. A different, different time. time. <laughs> y'all, y'all, you didn't have a cell phone. You were 14. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we had one. The sketchiest part about that story, if I remember, is like we, you know, we usually drive everywhere. This was one of the first few times, maybe like the third time we've been on a plane. And it was this yeah. like 20 passenger so seat small. plane. And yeah. it's just shaking the whole time. And I'm, nine, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember a time when I was lost. Yeah, let, let us know. It was, it was a little scary. I'm trying to remember exactly what year. Maybe Mike can fill me in on this. I think it was like 2011. Um, it was during mission trip. Mike was at Ozark Christian College. Uh, Matt and Kelly took a group of the high schoolers to Joplin, Missouri. They were staying at this sketchy Bonnie and Clyde yep, I hangout. I don't oh. even know what it was. Can't believe we took our it students there. It was so <laughs> sketchy. But I remember uh, that they left and I drove separately because yeah. Matt wanted me back for a Wednesday night. And so we drove there. I was staying at Ozark with Mike because I was doing a Tuesday tour there. And uh, one night we're like, I think it was like 10 p.m., hey, we're going to go hang out with everybody. So me, Mike, and one of our friends uh, jumped in Mike's little truck, like a two-seater truck. What was that, Mike? A Colorado? What was that? A Colorado? Look at me, man. I know my cars. Uh, yeah, it was like this two-seater small truck, barely like that half back seat thing. And so I'm just craning in this back seat. We're going down these little, like, it's, it's just pitch black. It is so dark. And uh, I thought Mike knew where he was going. And that's what this comes down to. I thought, I put my trust in Mike Nolan. And so... First mistake. But the feeling, yeah, the, the, the feeling was, okay, yeah, we're, we're going down the right road. But then we took like a left. And I'm like, Mike, I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know where I'm at. Like my phone, there's no service, but I'm gonna trust you. You live here in Joplin. And so we're going and eventually we pull up to a building. It is not where our church is staying, it is a house, it is a private residency, and Mike just has his like brights on because it is dark outside, it's like 11 p.m. now, and we shine right at this house, and all the lights come on in the house, and we're like, we're about to die. Like this dude wow. is about to come out with a shotgun, and just like ready, what y'all doing? And so we're in the truck, and I start freaking out, Mike, you gotta leave, you gotta leave. So he puts it in reverse. The minute he puts it in reverse, we all go, did y'all just hear that? And it was a train coming. Oh my. And we see the lights. And we're on the other side of the tracks. We're like, all right, we either get hit by a train, we get stuck here with this dude with a shotgun, or we just book it out. So Mike starts reversing. He can't see behind him. We're freaking out. Like, it's so intense. We hear the train getting closer. And then eventually we get over the train tracks, and it, like immediately that train zooms by, and I thought I was going to die oh my. with Mike Nolan. <laughs> but it was like the scariest moment. And then we finally get back to where we were going, the Bonnie and Clyde hangout. And we're like, guys, you're not going to believe this. We were completely lost, still had no cell service. And it was just like this moment of like, I never want to be lost ever again. Right. Yeah. And that's that feeling is when you get lost, you're like, okay, never again. Like I'm going to print out map quests <laughs> or I'm going to figure out a way where I always know where I'm going. I can retrace my steps. Yeah. And even in life, it's nice to not get lost 
in every situation, right? right. Yeah. Uh, whether you're driving, whether you're walking somewhere, even your first day of high school, right? With these massive high schools in Mansfield ISD, you're like, yeah. I, I completely look like a freshman right now. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in the wrong hall. Who can I ask for help? And you drop your phone and all these things happen. And you're like, man, I just really knew. I really knew if I wish I could know someone who knew the right way, yeah. knew the right directions. And let's segue into what we're talking about today. We're, we're opening up Psalm 23. Yeah. And how uh, the psalmist talks about God is that he is the shepherd. He directs us. He guides us. He provides for us. He cares for us. Mm. And over the next few weeks during these conversations, that's what we're doing. We're looking at Psalm 23 yeah. and going, all right, how can we apply this to our lives? How can this change us? And so this morning, I know we all don't want to be lost. And so let's look to the ultimate shepherd, the ultimate guide for our lives. And Kelly, would you get us started by reading the passage that's in hand for us? Yeah, I'd love to. So if y'all want to join me, we, like Brian said, we're in Psalm 23 and it's pretty short. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Okay. We are going to break this down each Sunday, but um, we'll just read the whole thing today. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. So, Joel, as you begin the conversation today and walking us through this passage, uh, tell us, what is it talking about? What can we take from this that he is the shepherd, that he will lead us and guide us? Yeah, so Psalm 23 is probably one of the most well-known um, most memorized, most quoted passages in all of scripture. And it's, it's easy because we're, we're so familiar with it that, that it might escape our imagination that this isn't just words on a paper, but this is spilled out of the life of, of David. Yeah. And I think one of the temptations that we have when we read the Bible is we forget that David was a man who experienced some of the highest of highs in life and some of the lowest of lows. And in the middle of all that, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And we read the Bible and at times we can think, well, you know, this doesn't really apply to me or this doesn't really speak to where I'm at in life right now. And, and yet David, he, he stands here as a man who has, I mean, he's the king of Israel. He defeated Goliath. He's, he's had all these amazing successes beyond what we can imagine. But at the same time, he's experienced some of the most horrific heartache imaginable. Uh, his, his child died in childbirth his own son removed him from the throne and, and sought to kill him. And he had some family dynamics that were just, let's be honest, a train wreck. Yeah. I mean, just completely messed up. And so, so your family was messed up. Yeah. So in the middle of all these highs and all these lows, out of the heart of David comes this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. And when we think about the names of God in the Bible, most of the names we think are, are these, these powerful names, these majestic names. Uh, they, they convey the, the awe and wonder of who God is. And so we, we think of God as creator. We, we, this, this idea that, that, that's just super transcendent, that no matter where we go in the universe, no matter how far we go in the universe, God is there. And he's a creator of everything. Uh, both at a, at, a, at a huge kind of macro level and also at a micro level. He, he is king, he is Lord, all these 
great names, but yet David takes this transcendent idea and he kind of brings it back down to earth. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And when you think of this, this idea of Lord as shepherd, it, it creates a different kind of feeling. It's a different posture in our hearts and minds towards how God sees us and, and how he interacts with us. So in, in the midst of all that, that David has gone through in his life, he's saying, when I look at my life, when I look at how God has interacted with me, it's, it's this, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, while this Psalm, Psalm 23, it's not a messianic Psalm, meaning that, that it, it's, it's not written with this idea of Jesus as Israel's Messiah, it is true, it's clear that in John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Yeah. And, and so what I really want us to do over the next few weeks as we have these conversations is to continue to go back to John chapter 10 and look at how these two passages really connect to one another. And, and what I think it will do is it will embolden our confidence in how Jesus leads us. In John chapter 10, verse three, Jesus says that when the sheep hear his voice, he leads them out. And so we're gonna spend some time looking at where Jesus leads them. But it's important to know that, that to hear Jesus's voice and to follow the good shepherd's voice is he leads us into that space that our soul is designed to be and where our hearts desperately long to be. Yeah. And see, there, there are other voices. There are other voices at play in our world. There are other shepherds, there are other leaders that, that you and I might be tempted to follow. There, there's our own inward desires where, where we think we know what's right, where we, we don't really care what the Bible says. We don't really care what Jesus says. We're gonna do what we're gonna do. Yeah. You know, that, that's a voice, that, that, that's a shepherd. That's a leader that, that we might be tempted to follow. And, and the other voice is, is, is maybe like the culture in which we live in. Um, it, it could be a relationship that we find ourselves in where, where we're tempted to, to, to forsake or, or to not listen to what the good shepherd is saying, not to listen to the voice of Christ, but instead we, we listen to others. And, and, and what we do when we do that is, is we rob ourselves of the second part of this verse where he says, I shall not want. Yeah. And so if you think about Jesus being the good shepherd, realize that, that Jesus, he's the second person of the Trinity, God, the son, he's co-equal with father. He's always been, he will always be. He knows all things, he's in all things, he's all powerful. And you see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus calms storms, he heals demon-possessed people, he curses trees, he brings people back from the dead. And so we gotta realize this is the one who's longing to lead you and walk with you in a way that every good thing will be ours. Yeah. Every good comfort, every good cross, every good discipline, every good realization and moment in our lives ties back to the goodness of the good shepherd as he leads us. And only in Christ, only in the good shepherd, could we ever have the hope of saying, I shall not want. Yeah. All other voices, all other leaders, all other shepherds, they betray. Mm. In fact, in John 10, Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. They will steal, they will lie, they will lead you to a place where there is no rest, where there is no provision, where there is no comfort. But Jesus, he gently leads us into those places where according to scripture, those who walk uprightly will lack no good thing. And in Romans chapter eight, we're probably familiar that, that those who love God and are called according to his purpose, those who are found in Christ, God works for good in all those things. Jesus is the good shepherd. That's good. And, and something that I love that you said is, is we're talking about the voice of mm -hmm. the shepherd, right? That we have to be focused upon hearing his voice 
But the reason we're saying that is because there's all these other voices that we also hear that, that want to influence uh, who we are and what we're doing. And we kind of just talked about this in our last series, that we do what we want. We believe what we want. We hear what we want. And we have to turn our ear to the good shepherd. But there, there was three things you talked about. First, you talked about the inward desires, these personal desires. Yep. That there's these voices, these other shepherds that betray. And, and I think that's what y'all need to hear right now is that these other shepherds will betray you. That it might sound like the truth. It might sound good to you. And you're like, oh yeah, that kind of sounds like Jesus. But no, it, they're betraying you. They're, yeah. they're here to steal, kill, and destroy the same tactics that Satan has himself. But, but these three things that we want to focus on real quick. Kelly, would you give us an example of what it looks like to follow these voices of personal desires that Joel is talking about, like these inward desires, what are these voices saying? Yeah, absolutely. So the one that comes to mind, um, or two that come to mind, um, I think back to being in junior high and high school and just like being so ready to be in college, you know, just so ready to be an adult. I wanna, I wanna have freedom and I'm so done with this season of my life. I'm ready to conquer the world. That obviously wasn't where God had me, you know, so I wasn't super patient. I wasn't super present in those seasons. Um, but I also think, too, like, we all want stuff, right? Like, it's almost Christmas time. You're already thinking about what you're going to tell your mom and your dad that you want. But I also thought about, like, I, I would go get things and put them on a credit card and, yeah. you know, and, and acquire debt. And yeah. that was obviously not something that God wanted for me, yeah. you know? Right. Absolutely. What would you say, like culture, that voice of culture, what do you think that looks like? Man, and I think that kind of plays into what she's talking about is that culture tells you you need these things, yeah, absolutely. right? Culture shows yeah. you these, these commercials and you're like, that car looks nice yeah. or yeah. That, 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 that shopping, like that looks nice. Like I yeah. want that. Or you even see uh, these people elevated in our culture to a way of you're like, well, if I want to be elevator, or if I want that popularity, or I want the life they have, yeah. I have to have what they have. Yeah. And I think so many times culture tells us who we're supposed to be. And I think that's the voice for most of us in this room, being young, being uh, like, we soak up so much stuff all at the same time. You yeah. know, we're like, oh, it's just a beat. No, like you're listening to what this is talking about. Oh, it's, I, I, I just like, you know, if, you're watching this show. Oh, I just like how cool it looks. But it's like, no, there's parts of that show that are teaching you certain things yeah. and it's molding you and changing you. And exactly what we talked about with, we do what we want. Mm -hmm. Like the culture you consumes, it becomes who you are. Yeah. Like, and you got to be very careful about what you're consuming, what you're looking to, and honestly, what voices you allow to speak into your life. Yeah. And I think that's really what it comes down to is... Like, are you surrounding yourselves with the right voices? Yep. Is it culture? Is it inward desires? And, and I think even like relationships, yeah. right? And, and relationships are, are much the, the same way where, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't even have to be people who are like atheists. I mean, these are right. people who, who, who may call themselves Christians, that, but, but they're people that you hang out with, but Jesus really isn't the number one priority in their life. And so yeah. they're people who, the more that you hang around them, you begin to talk like them, you begin to think like them, you begin to do the things that, that they do. And so if you're in a, it could be a friendship, it could be a dating relationship, but, but if Jesus isn't the number one priority in their life, then you, you kind of become the company that you keep. Yeah. 
and, and you slowly get to be influenced by them. And, and oftentimes we have this idea of like, no, I like this person, I'm gonna influence them, but I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, they're gonna be the ones that, that influence you. And, and if, if, you, if you surround yourself with those voices, those, those friendships, those, those, those dating relationships, you're gonna get led astray. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's, let's switch it up for a second because we're, we're talking about um, the voices, we're talking about all these shepherds that will betray you. But let's just talk about for a second about the shepherd that won't betray, yeah. Jesus himself. So how can we as junior high and high school students as people that are called by God to follow his commandments, to follow who he is, and to turn an ear to the good shepherd, how can we stay focused and not be betrayed by the voices of culture, by the voices of relationships, by the voices of these inward desires? Like, how can we stay focused upon Jesus? So I would actually go off what Joel said, and I think it's so important the people that you surround yourself with um, you know, going back to what I was talking about before, you know, wanting to have those things and kind of going out of my way to, to acquire them maybe before I was supposed to, having people speak wisdom into me and, and they were Christians and they knew the right way, you know, they knew that debt was wrong and so they would speak truth into me. I think that's super important. You need to have people around you that believe the same way you believe, but also maybe even someone a little bit older than mm, you right. that can speak wisdom into you. They've already been through that season of life um, or they're walking through that season of life currently before you get there. And so they can actually, you know, speak from experience. They've been there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I kind of want to go off of that. Like yeah. having someone older than you or having someone on a little bit of the outside that might not be of the same friends group or someone you can trust yeah. or a youth pastor or a connect group leader, like yeah. someone that can see your situation and go, I'm not too sure that's who you want to become. Like, like I'm not too sure. Yeah. And I've had that. Like Matt Cameron has looked at my life multiple times like, hey, are you sure you want to hang out with them? <laughs> are, you, are you sure you want to be doing that thing? Or like, let's, let's refocus. And, and it takes that, that someone on the outside yeah. that you trust that has the wisdom yep. of like, hey, the, you know, I know it seems good. I know it seems innocent. But at the same time, mm -hmm. like, look, this, this could be an open door to something worse or, or, or something far off. And that's not the yeah. life you want to live, right. you know, and and something we talked about um, in, in the season that we just had or the series we just had that didn't see this coming, like it is so easy and Kelly, I always come back to this is it's so easy to focus, especially in seasons that we're in on all the bad stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like to refocus on the blessings God has given to mm -hmm. us, like it makes you refocus upon Jesus, yeah. like the source that gives you the blessings, right. right? Joel, do you wanna add anything to how we can keep our focus? I mean, I'd, I'd probably just end up echoing the same thing. You, yeah. I think back when I was in high school, like I had a group of five close friends right. and I had, I had friends on the outside of those friends right. who made a whole lot of bad decisions in high school, but I was blessed to have a group of five, five guys who we were accountable to one another. And, and they, I mean, we're gonna talk in the coming weeks about verse three, how he leads us in paths of righteousness. Right. Like if it wasn't for those, for those friends, I, I know I probably would have strayed off the path. So, you know, just echo the people that you surround yourself with there. I mean, especially when, when you're a teenager, I, I don't think there's anything more important. Yeah. yeah I, I just want to say one thing that I'm thinking of as we're talking about this, but we need to turn an ear to the good shepherd. Yeah. And we need to also lend an ear to those who are echoing the shepherd, yeah. the community. Yeah, that's right? good. Joel, uh, let's, let's keep moving on. Let take us to, to verse two and yeah. let's figure this out. So it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
And so we're making this comparison between Psalm 23 and John 10. And we've seen that only Jesus as a good shepherd can lead us into a life that is full, into a life that is eternal. And starting here in verse two, what we begin to see is what Jesus is leading us into as the good shepherd is he's leading us into a life where we can happily say with David, I have no want. So where he starts with is that he leads us into green pastures. So Kelly, Brian, you you tell me when you hear green (laughs) pastures, what, what comes to mind? What do you think about? This is going to really make me sound super old. Are y'all ready? <laughs> so there was a show on TV called Little House on the Prairie. Oh, wow. Come on. <laughs> when I was a kid, it might still be on, but it's like <laughs> reruns now or something. But I just think of like just green for miles, yeah. you know, and just like laying down in the green grass, you know, looking at the sun. That's what I think of. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't know. <laughs> I just automatically think of like cows. I don't yeah. know why. Just like just the country, this beautiful yeah. landscape and just cows everywhere. Yeah. Like it's a pasture. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. So, I mean, I, that, that's kind of the idea, right? The, this yeah. vast green expanse, this, this grassy meadow. But, but the reality is in Israel, there, there are two rainy seasons a year and predominantly around these two green patches of pasture land that there would be drought and it would be really dry. And so the imagery that's being conjured up here by, by David and what's gonna be taken up by, by Jesus in John 10 is, is where Jesus is leading you to is, is out of drought, out of weariness. He's leading you um, out of this anxiety and he's bringing you into green pastures. Now, there was a a custom among shepherds during that time that around noon, they would lead sheep into these green pastures and they would just let them rest. And they would let them drink and they would let them eat and and just rest until around three or four in the afternoon. And then they would would bring them back into safe pens. And so the invitation that, that Jesus is extending is follow my voice, hear my voice, and I wanna lead you to rest. And it's not a mistake to think about the fact that that pastures and waters are both plural. It's not singular, like you get this one shot at rest and as soon as you become a Christian, you get to rest and then it's okay, let's get up, let's get out of here. No, this is perpetual, this is habitual restfulness for our souls. You see, sheep don't need still water. They they aren't bothered by by current, they're not bothered by rapidly moving water, they they can easily swim, they can easily uh, cross through uh, water like this, but but the imagery that God is trying to put into our hearts and our minds is, is one of peace, where, where, where the weariness and the anxiety of life just kind of gives way. Yeah. Now, if you listen to the voice of your own internal compulsions, your own internal desires, then, then you're never good enough. You're never finished. There's always something to get done and you constantly have to prove yourself and there's no rest there. Right. If you're listening to the voices of other people who are demanding that, that you be more of this or less of that, or you stop this or start that, you're just constantly, like, there's, there's no rest there. Our culture is incessantly changing. It's always changing what it looks like to succeed, what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be grown, what it looks like to to be a human. So so maybe you're sitting here today and just internally, you just feel frenetic, like things are going a million miles an hour and everything's just kind of of at breakneck speed. You don't know how you're gonna get this done or how you're gonna get time to to, to finish this or get around to, to doing this. The invitation from Jesus, the good shepherd, is that today you would come and you would rest. That, that you would let go and trust him, that, that you would allow him to work. And I, I know that that's really hard for us to do. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys, you guys tell me like when, when, when you hear rest, what do you think of? Or, or maybe, maybe more importantly, what, what does rest look like for you? 
Man, well, what I think of, <laughs> what I think of is, I'm not a fisherman by any means, but like being on the water, like there, there's something just serene about it. There, there's just this moment. But obviously at the same time, like if you're on waters that are, the, the waves are crashing, like it's, it's just, it's crazy all at the same time. But then you, you find a, that calm and stillness and it's almost like, okay, I could care less what's back on the shore, right? Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm, I'm just leaving my life on the shore and I'm having this out-of-body experience, but it's, it's this mindset of like, okay, well, when I get back to land, then I can handle more stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I'm out here, there's nothing I can do, right? right? Like, like, I'm stuck in this situation. I can't just go to the store. Like, I have to go back. But like, I can't do anything except just sit here and relax and rest. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when I'm out fishing with Matt and Mike, I don't catch anything. So I'm just resting. I'm like, this is nice, guys. Good job. Like, I, I just can't catch fish. I don't know what yeah. it is. But for me, it's, it's the moments where I think for other people, it won't look like rest. But it's, but it's when I'm surrounded by my family. Mm. Mm. Like when my five-year-old is just like, dad, let's do this. Dad, let's do this. And instead of focusing on the, the job or work or answering emails and text messages, I put my phone away and I'm just focused. Mm. Like I'm locked in. And it's like, in that, I think rest brings like a refreshing moment, yeah. right? And so not only am, am I getting rid of all this stuff, but I'm also being rebuilt in that I'm gaining, you know, new experiences. And uh, for me, you know, it's, it's all that time that I get to just spend with my family. I'm going, all right, nothing else matters yeah. except right here in this room, what I'm doing right now. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? Man, I would say, um, I think of a day like today, that's beautiful. Like, it couldn't be more perfect. And I think of sitting outside in my backyard on my hammock, and it's just complete quiet. The hammock life. Mm. Yeah, like, I love it. It, like, rocks back and forth, like, puts me to sleep. It's very comfortable. Um, I think about that. I also think about, like, this is something, like, that I'm actually, like, trying right now. Um, So in the mornings... um, I'm trying to just like instill this practice of quietness because I think like we've talked about, there are so many things in this world pulling for our attention, right? So it's important for us to find rest and quiet. And so I'll just turn on some worship music for like five, 10 minutes, doesn't have to be a long time and just like sit there and listen to the words, pray. I'm not thinking about what I have to do that day. I'm not thinking about what I'm gonna wear that day. Like I'm just in that moment and I'm being present in that moment and just finding rest. That's good. That's real good. So. Like rest sounds appealing, yeah. But I think the question that we have is, is how do we even do that? Yeah. And in John it? chapter ten verse seven, Jesus says, "I am the door." So mm-hmm. not only am I the good shepherd, but but I'm also the door. And so if you want to get into these green pastures, then you 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 want to get into these still waters, and you have to go through the door. You have to go through Jesus. And so the question I think we have to ask ourselves is, am I trusting in Jesus, the good shepherd, to work, to accomplish, to to, to do the things right now that feel impossible for us? Yeah. Or have you taken ownership of your own life and you've just declared, you know, I'll make this happen, I'll control this, I'll get this done. See, the, the rest that, that you so desperately long for, it's not gonna be found in a vacation. You know, it's not gonna be found in a new Netflix series. It's not gonna be found in any sort of, of recreation. True rest for the soul happens as we listen to the voice of the good shepherd and he leads us in to green pastures and still waters. And what we have in this passage is we really have a picture of the Christian life. Um, we have peace with God. 
We see this in Colossians 1.20, that, that the cross of Jesus Christ, his blood, has created peace between us and God. We also see in, in 1 John 3.20 that when our hearts condemn us, that, that we're not good enough, that, that we're not smart enough, that we don't do enough, that we're not righteous enough, that there's no way that God could love us, that, that God sees our hearts and, and he's greater than our hearts. You see, life in Christ, life that is surrendered to the good shepherd, it's a life that, that over and over again, we're brought into these green pastures, we're laid beside still waters. And the purpose of all of that, according to this passage, is that we would restore our souls. That the Hebrew word literally means to be reanimated, to, to, to be reborn. And it's that sort of thing you're talking about when you're with your kid, how you, how you kind of get that. Or when you're, you're out there on the hammock, it, you, you get that sense of, of being reanimated, re, re-centered almost. And that's what happens when we follow the, the good shepherd toward these green pastures, towards these still waters, is that, that our souls are, are, are recentered and, and refocused. We're at peace with God, we're at peace with ourselves, we're at peace w- w- with one another. And this is the invitation that David and Jesus is extending to us today. Even now, that, that, that we would let go of all that we're carrying, we would let go of, uh, of all that we're fearful of, all that we're worried about, and we would just surrender to his leadership and his care. That's good. Good. So something I want to come back to, uh, we're running out of time, so we got, we got to keep getting through this. Um, but something I want to come back to you is you, you said a couple of minutes ago that it's an invitation, mm-hmm. that he is inviting us to enter into the green pastures, away from the drought, away from the weariness. And we've already answered the question, what, what does rest look like? But what causes the need for rest? So what, what caused the exhaustion for us? Or what do you think causes, I mean, speak to the people in the room, for junior high and high school students, like, why do we need rest and what causes the need for it? Well, <laughs> I think of all of you high school seniors. Um, I think that it's such a stressful year for them. And, and sometimes I think we do put that on ourselves because we want to meet expectations of our family and our friends and you know, go on to do these great things and go to this awesome college and be proud to say, like, I'm going here. But I think that it is very stressful you know, because you're trying to decide, like, where am I gonna go? Am I gonna get in? I gotta get a good enough score on the SAT or the ACT, you know? Like, there's so much stress just with those things. Um, You have to find a time to to back away and say, okay, ultimately, like wherever I go, wherever I choose to go, like God's with me and and God's in me and I'm gonna make the right choice, you know? And you're, you're here to please him, not anyone else, yeah. Yeah. you know? So kind of putting those things into perspective. Yeah. I think with that, I mean, going along with that, it's like now it's like from the time you're in middle school, it's like, what are you going to do with your life? What are you, yeah. you going to do? And it's like, it's like yeah. I'm 13. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the competition for scholarships and all these yeah. things is, is just so, um, it, it's so crazy. I mean, it's so much more than, than when I was in high school. And, and it's just this, this pressure with, athletics and school and yeah. friends and dating and all these things. And it's just like, what happened to just being a kid? Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. So what we're talking about is like rest, yeah. right? Exhaustion. We all need rest. God invites us into his rest, yeah. but it's easier said than done. Yeah. But let's just get personal for just a minute oh before boy. we wrap up. Okay. Um, have you ever tried to find, and the key is tried because you're not going to find it, but have you ever tried to find rest outside of Jesus and how did that turn out for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm human, (laughs) right? Of course, yeah. Uh, I would say I, so this is definitely not rest, okay? And I think that a lot of y'all could relate to this, but sitting on the couch with my phone, 
scrolling that social media, whether it's Twitter or, you know, TikTok even. You can spend hours on TikTok. It's ridiculous. Um, but I think that that's rest, and it's not because I'm putting all of this information. Yeah. And it and honestly, like, can stress me out more because there's so much information out there. Yeah. And depending on what you're looking at, it's just a lot, yeah. you know? So you, you go there looking for rest, and then you come out of it being more stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> Learn from me. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. So ditto to that. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at too. There's, there's times when I get home where I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to chill out, yeah. scroll through Facebook, and then I either get upset or I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> or I have to make a phone hey, I just saw you post this. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, it just stresses me out. But for some reason, like my inward desires and what culture says, like, this is where I go. Like, yep. this is the next thing, you know? And like something talking about finding rest, like I, it's been my goal this year, which has been so hard, <laughs> especially through quarantine of like limiting my screen time, making sure it's like almost nothing. Like I know yep. I got to use my phone. I know I got to stay connected, all that. But like watching my screen time so closely and like, I got to keep it down. I got to keep it down. I know there's people in the room that your screen time, you're about to get that notification at what, like 10 a.m. Yep. or something? Yeah. Or you already got it? And it's like 10, 10 hours and 30 minutes. You're like, well, that's better than last week. Yeah, <laughs> but for me, I'm like, honestly, this is my goal. If I can keep, stay under three hours for an entire week, like that's where I want to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I, I pay attention. And I would definitely say like, this is going to be really challenging for a lot of our students because I know y'all yeah. love social media, but like turn off your notifications. Yeah. Uh, you don't yeah. need to see you know, every time a friend posts or some random stranger. This girl liked your photo. Yeah, like you don't they need you to see up. all that. Yeah. Like it's just a waste of time because you see it and you're like, oh, I got to go see what they like. I what photo did it. they say something? <laughs> you know, like it's just silly. It's a waste of time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I, I think the key is, is that we need to listen to the shepherd. Absolutely. The good shepherd. Yeah. Not what culture says the shepherd is. Not what our friends say the shepherd is. Not yeah. even what our parents say the shepherd yeah. is. We need to go to the source, yeah. the good shepherd, that gives us the invitation to enter into his rest. Yeah. And I think what all you need to hear in the room is like, you're not going to find that rest anywhere else. Yep. No. Like, honestly, like, good intentions, but you're not even going to find the rest if you just turn worship music on. You're not even going to find the rest if you just stop doing everything. The only way you're going to find yeah. the rest is if you're with Jesus. Yeah. Like you can do all the greatest things in the world, but it's not going to make any bit of difference yeah. unless it's with the source. Yeah. Do y'all have anything before we wrap up today? No, I think you got it, man. Nothing at all. Uh, well, one thing I want to tell you is this. Um, hopefully you're enjoying this. Uh, we got two more weeks of this and we're excited about where the conversation is going in the weeks ahead. Uh, one, I wanna make sure that you invite a friend. Uh, maybe you're watching online or listening to Spotify with us. Uh, share it to your social feeds, even though we just talked about don't go on social media, uh, but share it. Uh, but the biggest thing I wanna tell you is this. Joel said it earlier, God gives you the invitation to enter into his rest. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and guess what? I will give you rest. Yeah, and maybe you're in the room right now and you're going, man, I can't find that. Like, I am so frustrated. I'm so stressed out. The world is spinning around me. Well, guess what? This morning you can experience rest, maybe for the first time, and all you have to do is put your faith in the source of that rest, and that's Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, 
even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Loss Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.